0: You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die.
1: Let's go. Okay. Pick your band, you're solid, John. You picked one for 15 years, ain't you? This really helped. Earl never did do this. Come and listen to my story, if you will. I'm gonna
0: tell about a gang of fellers from down at Nashville. First I'll start with Old Red Foley doing the Chattanooga shoe. We can't forget Hank Williams with him good old a sick It's time for Roy Acuff to go to Memphis on his train with Minnie Pearl and Rod Brasfield and Lazy Jim. day turn on. You guys want to talk about this nitty-gritty band?
2: Yep, I, I, I really do. All right. I want to talk more about the people that are with them. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, probably. All right. For this episode, we'll be talking about the nitty-gritty dirt band, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. In the room, I have Ben. Yeehaw. And Adam. Howdy. Will the Circle Be Unbroken is the seventh album by the nitty-gritty dirt band with collaboration from many famous bluegrass and country and western players. It was released in 1972, and uh, united artist, and the producer was William... McEwan and the genre is country, folk, and bluegrass. And from All Music Review, Bruce Etter, with all due respect to the Birds and the Flying Burrito Brothers, it took the nitty gritty dirt band until this album to come up with a merger of rock and country music that worked for both sides and everyone involved. The opening number, the grand old Opry song, set the tone for the album, showing that the band, for all of their originals and rock and popular music, were willing to meet country music on its own terms, rather than in a vehicle for establishment as rock music. The result, without a false or strained note anywhere among its 37 songs, was an all-star country project that worked. With the nitty-gritty dirt band serving as a catalyst and intersecting point for all of the talent involved, who gave superbly of themselves. Not only did the album result in exposure to a new and wider audience for the likes of Mother Maybelle Carter, Roy Cuff, Earl Scruggs, and Merle Travis and others, but this was the first real country album that a lot of rock listeners under the age of 30 ever heard. Thus, it opened up pathways and dialogue in all directions across several gen- generations and cultural barriers. The dialogue between Doc Watson and Merle Travis alone is almost white, worth the price of admission. All right, what do we think of Will the Circle be Broken? A lot of fun.
2: It's a lot of fun.
0: It is
1: a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: I, li- I like it. I like it a lot.
1: It really works better than a lot of the, maybe I don't want to say the sum of its parts because there's, it's got a lot of parts and I don't want to like throw shade at it all. But like when I think about the late sixties fascination with like, you know, traditional music and like folk, um, I felt like this is very earnest sounding. Um, and you know, obviously it's got some like some players in, in addition to the the core people. But, uh, it just it it sounds genuine, and it the recording being a live track, uh, or at least that's what it sounds like. Yeah, um, so they had a tape rolling in mm-hmm. the studio, right next to
0: the the performers, and that would just roll until they recorded the the songs, and then they'd turn that tape off. So mm-hmm. they got all those in between. Of them discussing things or the outtakes of them like starting a song mm-hmm. and stopping a song. I was gonna ask you guys, what did you think of that? Did it. Compared to. I, I liked it. I thought it okay. was nice. I liked it as
2: much as I didn't like Todd Rundgren doing it. Okay. Well, w- Todd Rundgren is by himself. Whenever Todd Rundgren spoke up on his album, it made me like him less. And whenever these old timers are speaking up, it just makes them nearer and dearer to yeah. my heart.
1: I think this one, it just it created what it was going for, which was that feeling of a bunch of people in a room playing some music, just picking it, and just ready to go and like knowing exactly what to do. Yeah.
2: That professionalism of, of that first generation of like the, the the people that came up on the Opry, just like that, that one take and move on, uh, just that, that attitude towards it. It's so cool. Like, it's just so like in the, days of, you know, being able to record digitally in your bedroom and doing all this stuff. It's almost like a, it's like time gone by just hearing these folks like, well, we're just going to do it. It's going to be live. It's going to be great. Well, yeah. when you think about
1: traditional music and this could go for, you know, anywhere or time. you know, there's just a point where if that's what you do, if you're a traditional player and you play the banjo, then like you should be able to just kind of, like jump in because the the you're not there's not that much possibility and in fact like the music is kind of often written in, in in a simple structure in order for people to be able to join in and in order to have an element of sort of on the fly and and some improvisation while well within the structure of a song but i mean i i think that it really just shows how they focused on one talent and just crushed it.
2: Yeah, it's yeah kind of fortuitous. Uh, like so, the the week that we're recording this, uh, the Ken Burns country music documentary yeah. came out last week. Yeah, and so like at the same time that I'm listening to this like two hour long behemoth of a of a collection of songs, uh, I was also watching that, especially those first two episodes that like deal with like the post. Post Civil War to to like the 30s and then like up to uh, World War Two, uh, or sorry, po- post uh, World War One to the 30s and then the second one is uh, Depression to World War Two, and all of these all of these names that are that are on here and names that I I know but just kind of knew them as names. Like hearing all those folks' stories and like seeing those pictures and the old the old footage and stuff like that. It just kind of it was really nice to be able to to be diving into this at the same time that
0: I'm getting that backstory of it all you know yeah absolutely i yeah i was gonna ask about the length too because obviously a lot of times we're like oh album's too long or whatever i feel like this is almost a project it's not necessarily an album yeah the nitty-gritty dirt band is like putting out it's more of a cult like it's an anthology yeah yeah right i don't think it's intended to
2: be listened to in one sitting no no i I
0: think it's just they they were they had the opportunity to do this they got everybody all their heroes in the same room you know once one person said it was i think doc might watson might have been the first person and then they started it was kind of like a snowball where they're like can we get you know who can we get that were sort of our idols um with this music and then eventually it's like we got so many players in the room we got so much material that they just were like well let's just put it i all don't out. see why not you, you don't know, it's you like don't know you, when or if
2: they're going to be able to get them together that's again. what i was thinking was yeah, like they're just
1: like we'll do as much as we can get done and that that, that was my impression um and that like because it's a non-traditional project uh then it can have a non traditional release and hopefully people will still be into it. There were know?
2: multiple they they did more volumes of this, right? There's yeah. like Will the Circle Be Unbroken Two and I've, Three. I, I think. believe
1: there's yeah, two
0: and three. I did check out two and it's a bit it's like it's got that like eighties feel where Who, it's where who's every, still alive. Well it, it, i mean uh, John, Johnny Cash was on it. You know Oh, okay, so it's like a, a bit of a later generation yeah, for two. I I think uh was it Loretta? Loretta win. Okay. Probably. That makes makes sense. Yeah. 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 Those Nashville people were still involved. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was a bit of the next generation coming in and nitty gritty dirt band, like sort of pulling those people in then to another. It has, it has a lot of polish, which I didn't find as appealing as this. Yeah. This has that really
1: pleasant recording quality Yeah, where it's, it sounds live and it sounds like energetic you know yeah I had read it doesn't sound produced
0: all the tracks were recorded on the first or second take wow uh, with, a, second. with a two track master so the takes are raw wow. and uncompressed pretty That's impressive
1: awesome. it sounds great they did a great job yeah and you know setting them up in that room they managed to get it, it sounds very professional while also having you know the charm yeah place to go just come and see me baby and bring along some dough and we'll go honky-tonkin 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 honey baby we'll
0: go honky-tonkin round this town Uh, it was interesting too. I mean, the, uh, uh, from what I can tell, all those uh, all those uh, people uh, were getting a bit of um, I don't know what we'd say. They were getting a bit of flack from the country stalwarts for you know. These people Being being with the nitty gritty dirt band. These
2: people are the stalwarts. I know. Who, who's I gonna know. call out Roy Acuff?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think once they those people agreed, they were like, Oh, you got you know, you got Doc Watson, okay. You got yeah. Mother Maybell, okay, well it's like it, it just took that first domino to kind of fall to say, Okay, I think we can do this um with a, sort of the long haired hippie. It's like the easy rider moment of like These guys, you know, Nixon's in the White House and everything the Vietnam War and everything sort of like meshing together. It's those cultures sort of coming together. But it's on country's terms. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's not on the the new rock and roll terms, even though there are drums on two tracks. I think they are way in the back. I noticed that Um, way in the back.
1: Yeah. And they're just like shuffle. Yeah. but Yeah. um, I I wanted to ask you guys what some of the your favorite tracks were, because there are just so many. And uh, I'll start with mine while you think about it. But um, I really liked uh, Dark as a Dungeon. Oh, yeah. uh, When you're down in the mine. I I, I thought that the the metaphor of basically, like, working too hard and that, like, the mine attracts (laughs) people for, like, you know, who are seeking riches, essentially. It worked so well, and it was, like, It wasn't just a song about it's hard to be a minor, which is also true and is a pretty like traditional bluegrass theme. Yeah, especially because like, you know, Appalachia being the the center of that. But like, um, but I thought that song was really great and it just felt really uh, well executed. Yeah, that one stuck out for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I liked a lot of the traditional um, instrumentals. Mm-hmm. So I think most of the instrumentals on, are on side. It'd be side four. So the record are on
2: side, yeah,
0: D. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, things like, uh, yeah, Cannonball Rag. I've
2: got a star next to that one. Yeah. I liked it.
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I loved a, a lot of those. Avalanche, Flint Hill Special. Yeah, Orange Blossom Special. It was really fun just to hear sort of uh, the instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I like some of the singing, it was it was nice to to get those instrumentals as well. And they're all kind of packaged together. The one thing I was bummed about is we now can see the like bonus tracks, and Foggy Mountain Breakdown was not included on this. And I I love some Foggy Mountain Breakdown because it just is like that that upbeat, quick banjo that just yeah, like comes out of the gate. That is just like it's not on the actual album. It's on the like the, reissue okay, and yeah. bonus track. So yeah, it's cool. I like honky tonkin'. Love the Hank Williams song. Yeah, going yeah. honky tonkin'. Is
2: dark as a dungeon? Is that is that a Johnny Cash song or
0: did someone write it? Uh, Merle before? Travis. Merle Travis. Yeah, it's his song. Yeah, and okay. then uh. uh Johnny uh covered it. Oh, you know? I didn't even know that cover. Yeah. He did on Folsom. I yeah. Oh, then yeah. I guess I do not. Yeah, you would recognize it. I That's bet. so
1: funny, but for whatever reason this version stuck out to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, it's a great version.
2: I, re- I found myself kind of developing a, a, a crush on Mother Maybell Carter. Mm-hmm. Especially also watching that documentary at the same time and seeing like seeing her before she's the old lady Mother Maybell Carter that I always pictured.
0: Yeah.
2: She's she's so cool and she's got a really cool look and and she's got developed that guitar style. It's so cool. And I like her voice. Like it's it's plain, but it's so clear and like honest. Yeah. So uh like I really liked uh you know like Wildwood Flower. She yeah. played it on the auto harp. Uh I like keep on the sunny side. I also really liked uh uh Roy Acuff doing Wreck on the Highway. Oh yeah. I thought that was really like hauntingly pretty song. Yeah, that's a
0: great one. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, all these are... It's either about, you know, spiritual out... Sp- being spiritual and, you know, talking to God or you're having tragi- tragedy, you know. Well, you never heard nobody like, pray. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had also said... The band had also said that uh, Mother Maybelle was kind of the person who put them at ease because they were saying that they were, they were just really nervous about meeting all these people. They thought oh, geez, you know, they, they got all the people to do it, and now they actually have to go there and, and meet their sort of, like, heroes, the people who have been performing these songs. They were nervous as hell. And then Mother Maybell is like, don't worry about it. Hmm. You know, like, it's just music. Like, we'll just, you know, play it together, and it'll be okay. And that, like, really, like, put them at ease that they're, you know, that she was welcoming That's awesome. uh, to the band. Hmm. Hmm sort of a uh, hippie rough hippies <laughs> from California.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they're from Long Beach. They originated in Long Beach with the two original members um and, like they were doing like they were in like a jug band.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I I read up a little bit on uh Roy Acuff's life and career yesterday. And uh so eventually in in his old age, he he moved on to, like... Uh, so after the the Opry moved from the Ryman Auditorium to Opryland, uh, he moved into a small house on the Opryland property, and he would just show up and perform most nights. But, like, during the day, he would, like, take care of, like, the backstage area, like, stock the fridges with sodas and stuff like that, just being old man Roy Acuff. And that night, he'd take the stage. I just
0: want to give him a working. big hug. just Working. <laughs> That's how it was, though. Yeah. You know, uh, no no egos. It's just everybody does their part and puts on the show. Yeah. It's pretty great. So many of these
2: folks, like the, the folks that actually were like full time on the Opry, you know, they had that obligation every Saturday night. As long as they showed up on time on Saturday night, the rest of the week was, you know, their week. So they would make as many, like, personal appearances or as far of a loop of a tour as they can that would bring them back to to Nashville every Saturday in time to play the Opry. The loop. Yeah.
0: said that i mean this this album did very well kind of brought back a, a resurgence if you will i feel like we've we've also seen that resurgence with like oh brother yeah it was, the it that same and thing. It, it just like kind of rotates it's like once it, it it sort of falls in and out of out of fashion to sort of revisit these totally tra- traditional songs so it's really cool to um to, to get this album you know kind of pop up in the 70s and uh I don't know, just just sort of be the, be out of time a bit, you know, have that feeling of like an old record, but now we're in the '70s, and I'm sure we'll get more as we oh, yeah. get into the '80s and '90s of those those sort of throwback albums. Yeah. But this feels like one of the the first that that really uh.
1: That's a good point. We've been doing so much stuff that's of the time, yeah. And like you know, changing, moving forward, and. Yeah, it is kind of the first time that I can recall that we're looking back a bit.
0: Yeah. I was wondering, too, I mean, do you think that Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, a lot of people were saying that they do have a bit of a, a California sort of sunrise like harmonies on some of the songs. Do you think that Nitty Gritty really added to these players, or just getting them in the room at the same time was sort of the feet i mean they are very good players don't get me wrong but so, did they do you think they added a little bit of their the product style? is nice you know? the product
2: a, is great so what's the problem you know? and i also don't know with so many guest stars i don't know how much of what i'm hearing is a nitty-gritty dirt band
0: right that was another thing i thought of too is strange to kind of have their name be <laughs> on the album where they had invited so many. Uh, I like, guess it's
2: just one person per song.
0: But then on some songs, you can hear multiple of the old timers like talking like before the song. I mean, they're essentially kind of the backing band. Mm-hmm. However, they don't they don't really do leads. They don't do the lead guitar except with fiddle, or um, so they're kind they're, of. They're one dude, uh,
2: uh, John McEwen. He's a multi instrumentalist. Yeah, he's got like the banjo and the mandolin and yeah.
0: Yeah, but it was a little strange to me to you know. At what point are you are, are you like this is our band's album? They're and facilitators.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that, trying to like take anything there.
0: away, but, but I was just they're
2: there on the tracks. Even if they're in the background, they're 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 there. Yeah, you know.
1: I know what you mean, but yeah. it's it's just like yeah. I mean, they had other names before nitty gritty that they had played under. What I guess I don't know is. Did was this project called the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, or were they? Did they have something before? They had albums that? before. No, they have okay. albums before. So then, yeah, yeah. that is weird. But it almost uh, should be like the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band
2: presents. Yeah, that's, yeah, or something like that's that. That's what I think, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, whatever.
0: They got they got the the point across, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it was said that a lot of these the people too that they brought on were then continued careers, probably as a product of this album. Right. So Doc Watson probably wasn't, you gave know, what, 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 yeah, him. gave him mm-hmm. a bump in, in sort of like a younger market of people that would go and maybe seek out other it's records. It's the real thing.
1: I mean, like we've seen it with like, you know, Wanda Jackson, yep. you know, becoming active and touring again, you know, uh, you know, it, it's, it's hard to be an older musician and like you do need somebody to champion you sometimes.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you know, kind of like Jack White, L- L- uh, Loretta Lynn, and yeah. uh, Wanda, and maybe, like, the Stones, like, just saying Muddy Waters, like, all, right. like constantly, totally. you know, them just saying, these are our... It ours. goes
1: a long way, and, you know, yeah. it's 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 sort of, uh, as you get older, like, and, you know, as with these groups and performers that are really powerful, it's like, if you can raise up your idols, like... Go for it, guys! Mm-hmm. Like, you know, them's good horses. Them's good horses. Yeah, Them. I can see that. You, <laughs> I'm just you're, digging you're it. just digging it. I'm just
0: sitting here digging it. I love it. <laughs> That's very pleasant. Oh yeah, it did mention. I should read. Doc Watson probably wouldn't have gone on to uh, record a 1993 rockabilly album called Docabilly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it said uh, it said they record two. Two sequels, mainly with younger country artists, and it endure to this day. If you've ever heard an electric band cover of a bluegrass tune, you probably can thank it, uh, you know, due to this album. Which is interesting, because what about like Grateful Dead? Yeah, the, they were mentioned too. I, I they were doing it before this album, though, right? It they was had,
2: they were a bluegrass band first.
0: Yeah, it, I wouldn't say though that they went. Completely traditional like yeah, this. That's true. Working Man's Dead is a bit of a traditional throwback. Yeah. Um, But it was not like the complete, you know, sit down with a, with all these, these instruments. Right. That sort of like fiddle uh, throughout everything.
2: There was a whole new grass movement in the 70s. You probably draw a direct line to, yeah. to this record.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Uh, do we even need to go around the room? Sorry, do you have I like it. Yes? We just okay. like it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think it's great. It's going to mm-hmm. be positive. I'm going to... I don't know if I... Man, I listened to it like two or three times uh, just because we had a bit of a, a break. And I, I don't know if I'll go back to every... like. It's a, sort of a pick and choose for me. Do you think it would be as powerful as
1: a one one record?
0: I think it probably would.
1: For me, this is like you put it on when you got people over kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. it being long and having like a lot of vibe, I can actually see listening to it kind of more frequently Okay. because if there's different singers, it feels like a collection. It feels like when you put on, you know, almost like a playlist type thing. That's kind of what... Yeah. It's almost like an early playlist like like that Spotify would put together. There's enough
2: variety in the voices that doesn't really... Where it's welcome. Yeah,
1: I think I think I would not go back and listen to it like song for song necessarily, but I can certainly see putting this on, you know, in a context where I'm like chilling. Yeah, know?
2: I
0: might
1: listen to it song for song. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> then you're <laughs> I really so like passionate. It.
0: Uh, maybe with a glass of whiskey. Oh yeah, like corn whiskey.
1: Front, front corn por-
2: whiskey. Front porch in the evening with a glass of whiskey. Yeah. Rockin' chair. Yep.
0: Yes. Yeah. Maybe maybe picking along. Maybe picking along. <laughs> That's true. You do have a mandolin. Yeah. We can get this going. Next project. Uh, no no more uh pogues. We'll just go straight. Oh just, stra- 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 straight just go in hillbilly. Into, yep. Straight hillbilly. You're gonna find a lot of people in down here in bluegrass country to tell do you this. What.
2: I tell you what, <laughs> I would legitimately like to put together like a honky tonk band. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like I love this stuff, but like, like a, like a fifties style, just like roadhouse honky tonk band, I think would be way fun.
0: Okay, Keep all right, doing it these days. Yeah, get some telecasters in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. Yeah. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Stevie Wonder talking book. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yeehaw. Yeehaw.